Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks, as ever, to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, back for our first episode of 2024, and there's plenty to talk about, plenty of good news as well to talk about. My name is Tony Kerr, and with me um, to do it is Gareth DePrevo. Hi, Tony. And Jim Fallop. Hi, Tony. Um, we've got to start with uh, what's on the back page of the paper, Gareth. Um, something that was, well, we've known about for a little while, but that was confirmed um, late on uh, Tuesday evening, or early on Tuesday evening, I should say, um, uh, news that that Jack Griffin is a Robin, uh, the fourth player, of course, to make that switch um, in five years. Um, it comes after he, uh, well, he was back in the goals for GFC over the Christmas period, as they've done well. We'll, we'll sort of talk about that in a minute. But um, yeah, first of all, fantastic news again for Guernsey football. Yes, um, it's great. It's, uh, it's amazing, really, when you consider how long we had to wait for a, sort of like a professional football to come around. And like you say, we've now got sort of four guys who've gone off to Bristol City. Obviously, you've got to mention Mayer as well. You know, we're just in a bit of a purple patch when it comes to producing young talent. And I think Jack Griffin sort of having, you know, in constant chats with Tony Mance, whatever you, I think there's somebody they perhaps earmarked as potential to sort of like... Uh, flag up to Bristol City and obviously he's gone away to trials and, and really impressed him over there so many congratulations to him and let's hope it's the, the start of a, of a long successful career. Yeah Jim what do you make of the fact that we've got another one going now it's clearly a testament to I suppose the relationship and the, the, the trust that's been built up between um, Tony Vance and, and well particularly Brian Tinian at Bristol City but um, yeah it's a, it's a kind of relentless pipeline at the moment. Yeah that, that GFC link one of the um, intentions was always to provide a stepping stone for for young players uh, to go further in the game so uh you know it's good to see that that has uh, you know, it's bearing fruit because that is you know as well as trying to progress through the leagues it was to to take young young players through so that's a, a great uh, opportunity i'm wondering if um it's got a slight parallel with in the 50s and 60s where Nottingham Forest was the um, destination for many uh, young Channel Island footballers I think uh, Rob Batty's did a piece on it a few years ago something like 10 players from the islands went to Forest over a, over a period of time so, what is it about uh, so, players going off to play in red well <laughs> Bristol City have got some, some way to go yeah if we're going to reach those levels I guess well maybe there's a few more uh, kind of waiting in the wings thinking um yeah, the, 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 their opportunity could be next. Uh, I always enjoy reading the uh, the comments um, online. Obviously, the Bristol City fans now are sort of well aware of uh, of kind of what can happen when they sign a player from Guernsey. Now, clearly, we don't want to heap too much expectation on, but but some of the comments were sort of along the lines of Alex Scott Regen, which <laughs> well, what I've, what I've noticed is that the amount of Bournemouth fans saying, "Yeah, okay, we'll have him in a couple of years' time," <laughs> you know. It's just, so it's like they're, they're all following Bristol City as well, looking for the next uh, snatch and grab they can make. <laughs> yeah, and I know you've been talking to Tony Vance, um, Gareth. We'll have a, a bit more reaction in the paper in the next day or two. Um, what is it, do you think, about Jack's showing so far for GFC, particularly this season, that's, that's really stood out? Um, I think it's, it's his um, ability to sort of step up to that sort of senior level as a 16-year-old and, and sort of mix it, certainly physically. I mean, obviously, you get off to a great start by scoring on debut and becoming the club's youngest ever scorer. You're sort of like in the headlines straight away. But um, it wasn't something that seemed to sort of phase Jack from, from the outset. And as Tony was sort of talking to me today, he was sort of saying, when you see the, the three goals he scored so far for GFC, or, or three goals he scored for GFC, they've been sort of very different type of goals. That, that first one, as, as Vance was same as about pace and determination then a great finish um, the second goal which I joke with Tony never actually saw because he was um, sat in his dugout looking at his notes um, was just a, a brilliant it was a, it was a real worldy sort of first time volley from 25 yards against the league leaders Chertsey at the time and then of course he scored that um, really vital 
title goal away at Binfield, where it was very much like a, a striker's finish going in um, to convert Ross Allen's cross. So he's obviously um, very, very uh, uh, versatile, adaptable. He scores all sorts of different goals. Um, Fancy also says he's, he's um, very two-footed. You know, he, it's, he doesn't favour either foot, which is obviously is a, a great benefit to any side. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's showing that he can develop quickly. And um, he's also, um, I, I also laughed at the fact, one of the pictures we got of him is him being booked for GFC. So it's been one of his first ever games. And But Vancey said that sort of shows his mentality. He's a very competitive lad. He's got a great work ethic and he, he's not afraid to mix it with um, with senior players. Yeah, I think I might mention it on the pod a few weeks ago, but one of the games I watched from behind the goal, he was giving the defender an absolute torrid time, driving him kind of slightly nuts. Uh, the <laughs> defender was, uh, you know, the, the, the visiting defender was kind of moaning at the referee constantly about the, uh, you know, about, about sort of the attention Griffin was paying to him and, and the sort of the way he was getting bossed around. So yeah, really um, clearly someone uh, who doesn't mind getting involved. And actually, uh, as you'll hear in a moment, he said he, he feels like that gets the best out of him when the game gets a bit kind of shirty and uh, and the sort of temperatures raised. Um, so yeah, well, let's hear what Jack had to say. I caught up with him for a chat in the knowledge that Jack was off to Bristol, but waiting for the news to be confirmed. Jack, welcome to the pod. Hi, great to Thanks see you. Having me here. Congratulations, Cheers. first of all. How's it feel to be uh, to be heading to, to Bristol City? Amazing. It feels quite honouring to have the opportunity to go over and like make everyone proud, and myself and mum and dad proud and family. Amazing, amazing. Talk us through um, the process of of you know kind of uh, going over there, the trial, and, and and how it's kind of come to to end up in a, in a contract. Yeah, so I went over towards the end of September. I went over on a one week trial. And um, I played one match in like the PDL Cup, so it's like Player Development Cup for the under-17s against Swansea. And um, so, yeah, I had that game and then obviously trained throughout the week. And then supposed to, they were trying to get a fixture on on the Saturday with the under-16s, but it didn't go along. So um, they invited me back in, um, in October for another week and that week went well. Um, we were supposed to have a game again on Wednesday in the Player Development Cup, but it got cancelled against Bournemouth because of waterlogged pitches. And then um, I trained well throughout the week, and then a game on Saturday against I played the first half for the under 16s for Car- against Cardiff, and then um, supposed to play the under 18s second half for against Cardiff as well, but I ended up getting low injury in the under 16s game, so I couldn't play in that. But I just trained well throughout the week. Yeah, fantastic. And how how long did you have to wait for for the news to kind of come through? They kind of well, the second time around, they kind of hinted it throughout the um, week, like dropping in little questions here and there about like school and if I was ready to move over. If they did offer me a scholar or yeah, they just said them. They just dropped in hints here and there. Yeah, and I, I think it was. The week I think it was in the week I got back, I phoned my dad to say that they were ready to offer me a two week scholar, a two year scholar, and then um, get they just booked all my medicals and everything. What was that like making uh, that phone call? It was it was amazing. It, I was actually doing some training when they got the phone call, and I think it just made me want to run around. <laughs> it's so exciting! And it was an honour. Yeah, that's incredible. And what, did you feel when you went over there? What was it? Um, did you feel like you were kind of uh, there was a lot of expectation? I mean, how did you sort of manage the manage any nerves and all that kind of stuff? The first week I was quite nervous because of going over, but I think knowing Ben, um, ben and Tim over there helped a lot, and speaking to them before I went over 
helped a lot and they just kind of calmed the nerves. And then the second week, obviously, I I'd, um, got to know everyone, which helped a lot. So everyone, I knew where I was, I knew where I stood and everyone knew my name and I knew their name. So coming yeah. to training in the games was a lot more easier. That's really nice. And you mentioned Ben and, and Tim, obviously they're over there uh, having followed Alex um, Scott. How for you as a young footballer in Guernsey, how, how motivating has it been to see what they've done? I mean, is that kind of, did that sort of plant the seed in your head that it's yeah, anything's possible? Yeah, it helped a lot. Like obviously before Alex went, no one it was a bit bit of a dry spell, and everyone was kind of questioning. And but then Alex went, and it kind of opened up a new like door for everyone. And everyone, oh, like loads of different people like know where Guernsey is and know what it's like about. And obviously Ben and Tim going over helped it even more. And then. Yeah, it's just really good for the exposure for the island for football. Yeah, and obviously those two have had a bit of uh, misfortune with injury. It's fair to say, and we, you know, we ho- hope they're they're both back on a pitch very soon and and playing to their best. But there must be a lot of expectation, uh, you know, as a Guernsey boy now going to Bristol. Um, yeah, yeah you, <laughs> people must be sort of thinking like, you know, oh, we've got another Alex Scott kind of coming along. Yeah, well, it's good the expectation because it gives you something to aim high for anyway. Let alone going over and just being able to play your football and playing it full time is something that like you love so yeah yeah fantastic and how long have you um kind of been thinking about sort of Bristol City I mean have you been in sort of in contact with them for a little while or is it all come about this season well I think they knew about me before this season um because Tony had probably told them about me and um I've always since Alex has gone as well it kind of gives you that that thing to aim for and know that there is a way to get into professional football and that it just helps a lot to know that that pathway is open. And you've had a really exciting season uh, already. A um, couple of great goals for Guernsey FC, a Marathi win. Um, it's been it's been a pretty good few weeks. Yeah, it's been an amazing season so far. Probably one of the most fun I've had playing football, obviously, with the exposure to senior football and getting to represent my island as well in, in the under-21s Marathi, like, probably the highest level I have in the Marathi, which is amazing. It's just been amazing to represent the island in like across all football. As you sort of prepare to, to head off to Bristol, um uh yeah, what what's it gonna be like leaving leaving GFC behind there? I mean it, it, yeah, if you kind of already, already feel like it's a big part of your life? Yeah. Um it'll be like obviously I miss them but I'm going over to do what I love and they all understand that and they're all supportive and They've always been saying, even before this has been announced, that they they want me to get somewhere. They want me to do well with their fo- my football. They've always been pushing me, and it's, they've been a really good bunch. And obviously Tony and Steve and Kev, and even Jordy as well with the under twenty ones. They've always been pushing us to our best and pushing me to my best. Yeah, good to hear. And uh, yeah, um, tell us about that under twenty one rattle. You said it was. Uh... Um, you know, fantastic experience. Obviously, great, great to get the win. Have you settled uh, who got the goal? Was it your own? Yeah, it's, they still we still go on about it, like, <laughs> training, like jokes and that. And like, even the other day when he's, uh, will be scored against Southall, and then they were joking saying <laughs> you were trying to claim it. Yeah, and then uh, when um, I scored the other week, they were saying that he was trying to claim it as well. <laughs> it's been funny. Yeah, 
we're still going about it. <laughs> uh, just to get, well, I suppose you can share it. We'll give we'll give it to you both. I think. Yeah, <laughs> we just said that. And you had the one as well in the under 18s uh, in that that kind of crazy game uh, at the track early in the season. Uh, that that was uh, uh, yeah another exciting day. Yeah, that was first Marathi win as well for all of us. Actually, I don't think one of us had won the Marathi, but yeah, it was just a big relief as well as the first Marathi in the year. Kind of. The, the rest of them didn't go our way, but it kind of set the standard of what we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve. Yeah, and that goal as well uh, it was pretty raucous, wasn't it? The celebrations and everything yeah. came away with a good bit of a bloodied nose. Yeah, I didn't actually know what to do. I just ran and first person I recognised, first person I saw and recognised in the crowd, just kind of jumped into him. <laughs> Headbutted him. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll give you that. It was, uh, it was yeah, an unbelievable match, wasn't it? Um, and, and just tell us about sort of you know, your kind of football aspirations more widely. I mean, you know, uh, you've obviously progressed a huge amount already, but um, yeah, how do you how do you kind of hope your going game is going to develop when you go to Bristol? Well, uh, take every step as it comes, and obviously you're in a full time program, and like you've got like the, some of the best coaches in the like country around you to help you progress, and just take every step as it comes, and keep working hard and see how far I can go yeah brilliant and you were saying before about the um, the reputation that Bristol has for, for bringing young players through and giving them a chance in the first team um, obviously you're still you're still pretty young you know younger than um, the others when they went or certainly younger than Ben and, and Alex um, but yeah uh, I mean how kind of uh, how quickly do you hope to be able to make an impact or is it a case of just sort of betting in and well, yeah you know, I want to settle in first because obviously I don't know where I am I like I've only been there two weeks like obviously over the trials I just settle in and work hard and just work as hard as I can and see where that takes me and take every step as it comes. And it seems like from watching you this season, you do enjoy kind of getting stuck in. Um, you know, you've not been not been shy of um, of kind of putting your body about. Uh, do you think that's been a big part of, of you kind of getting this opportunity? Yeah, I think as because it shows that I'm not scared of playing against like bigger lads. And I find also I find that when a game gets a bit physical, it kind of brings out like a side of me that kind of gives you that drive more that drive to do something and show your show your worth and show my impact in the game and we've got to mention sylvans um yeah, obviously the, the the club that you, you've come through um before kind of i suppose yeah making that step up with gfc how much do you uh kind of owe sylvans as a club for, for your own development yeah i owe them a lot because obviously when i moved to them i wasn't having a, like i wasn't in the best stage of my career i had a bit of a drought and it wasn't the best but like um as soon as I joined them I kind of just hit form again and I kept just going up I had a few obviously rocky moments but that's you get that in football and I just it just took me to a new level and the everyone around helped and they, all the coaches helped and it was a good year yeah how, how long have you been at Sylvans or have you been I think I moved halfway through the under 14 season to yeah and we went on to win that league and we won actually we actually won every league in my year group when I was there. Pretty good record. Apart from the under 18s last year. Yeah. yeah. And where were you before that? I was at I was at Valrec until we under 12s and then I went to Saints and enjoyed it there and enjoyed it at Valrec, but I just kept wanting to take bigger steps and like push into, like obviously wanting to push into Priya at Sylvans and yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, what about your kind of wider football um, kind of passion? Who, who are your the, the sort of players that you look up to and uh, right. kind of measure yourself against? Yeah, I look up to Alex a lot because I know him as well. Quite good, like family friends with him, and 
just look up to him a lot because obviously he's opened that door, like him and Tony have obviously opened that door for pathway to get into bigger and better things for football. And I like a lot of the Benfica players support them. And yeah. Who's the, who's the kind of number one? Probably Joel Nevers at the moment. He's 19 as well, so he's a young player. Yeah. Pushing into the first team and he just works hard for everything and takes every moment in it as it comes. And is there someone for sort of, yeah, kind of professional players that you've watched that you kind of try and take a, a bit from in terms of how you play? Yeah, well, Ronaldo, because I think everyone's on Messi <laughs> Ronaldo. I lo just love his hard work and his like drive and everything that he has and just making an impact. I mean, is that, is that something that you try and, I mean, in terms of hard work, have you kind of talk us through just how, yeah, how much effort you've put in to get to this stage? Yeah, well, I've put in a lot of hard work. I think I get it from my mum and dad because they're very hard workers and uh, get it from the everyone around me and everyone driving, pushing me and get like pushing myself to the limit and seeing how far I can get. Yeah, you definitely got great supporters in your parents for sure. Yeah. Um, well, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in and having a chat. Um, Cheers. Yeah, we genuinely wish you all the best and we'll look forward to following your progress. Over Thank there. you. Awesome. Cheers. Jack Griffin speaking to me there. Um, yeah, well, of course, we wish him uh, yeah all the very best. It's going to be uh, fun to see his progress. Obviously, uh, yeah, we mentioned Alex Scott, uh, a Premier League goal scorer now. Um, he's set the way. And um, Tim Apshin and, and Ben Acey, who made the, the move kind of together, really, um, also still at the club, um, but both have been sort of beset by injuries, as we've mentioned. Um, uh, as we understand, there might be some good news for Ben that he's back in action, but it might be a little bit of a wait for, for Tim to uh, get back into the playing side of things. Yeah, um, Tony Rounds just mentioned to me that Ben is back involved with the under-21s at Bristol City after having sort of quite a lengthy spell out on the sidelines. Um, Tim Apshon, he, he's, he is currently injured. We might not see him again for several weeks. Um, it's, it's not the same sort of injury that kept him out for the best part of the year. So, um, yeah, we wish him all the best. But um, I, th I think he's sort of highly thought of at Bristol City. So they'll make sure he's well looked after. And um, I'm, I'm sure he'll be back on the pitch as soon as possible. Well, I guess that's the thing that we've sort of learned from from watching these guys come through is that, that things do move pretty quickly in football. I mean, you look at Alex Scott um, uh, with his move to Bournemouth getting injured not long after kind of making his debut but sort of all of a sudden those weeks have disappeared he's back in the team playing the match against Fulham uh, and then a goal uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium of all the places to score and, and Alex is a, is a Spurs fan and I think I don't know if his whole family are but um, I know he's a Spurs fan um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think since our last podcast, he's been sort of a feature on Match of the Day in terms of his performance in that game, uh, that win over Fulham. And then uh, he didn't start against Spurs because I, I don't think um, Bournemouth are expecting him to get through 90 minutes against Fulham. So they, they're sort of just managing his workload as he returns from injury. But obviously came off the bench and um, got a goal against Spurs and also had a goal disallowed, which wasn't shown on Match of the Day, which I was a bit disappointed about because I didn't know about it. Um, but yeah, he's obviously um, making a, a big impression now that he's, he's fit and firing. Yeah, great couple of weeks for Alex Scott, for sure. And a great couple of weeks for GFC as well. Um, things are starting to turn around there. And while we've got a smiling Jack Griffin on the on the back page of the paper today, um, Tony Vance has been smiling a lot recently. Uh, a really good little run of results over Christmas. Yeah, I'm not sure which one the better result was. Obviously, it was a big win to, to 
get the three points against Sutton Common Rovers, but I think that would have been a game they targeted. But to go away to South Park on New Year's Day with a squad of 12, and it was probably almost a game that they were just sort of like, let's see, let's see how competitive we can be, but perhaps not expecting an awful lot out of it. Um, to get a point on the road um, with a with a late goal from Owen Woolbridge and a, a really sort of uh, dogged performance. They, they, they actually played quite well from what I could see on the streaming. Um, that was a, a real sort of uh, bonus, I think, for GFC. So to come away with four points from those two games uh, sort of between or between Christmas then on New Year's Day was um, terrific and that obviously comes after that um, that win at Binfield the bottom of the table side just before Christmas when Jack Griffin sort of pretty much signed off with it with the winning goal so it, it's been a great um, couple of weeks for GFC I, I just wonder uh, when they travel with 12 why don't they offer Tony Kersey on the play <laughs> I mean yeah, I, 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 well I actually <laughs> you mentioned that but after the win at Sutton Common Rovers when we were interviewing Tony Vance after the game he did ask both Tony and myself what we were doing New Year's Day because <laughs> he was struggling that much for players I just always think Tony could take his video camera and his boots and uh, if he got really desperate then he just yeah, came off the last few I think desperation would call more for Tony Vance and Steve Sharman to come on rather than Tony Kerr well having bumped into <laughs> to Tony and Big Foul before Christmas I think I either talked myself into the team or, or well out of it well I, d- I don't know what whether to say this but Tony Vance did just mention to me about the two-footedness I think he was talking Jack Griffin but also apparently you as well Tony Kerr right, well let's see uh, you know where you know where I am Tony you know where I am um <laughs> Big game coming up this weekend uh, for the Green Lions. Um, the league leaders, Chertsey, um, coming to Footslane, um, two o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Uh, well, in fact, they've got a really busy month, haven't they? Six games in total, four at home, uh, including the return of Rains Park Vale, um, which I'm sure they'll be looking forward to. Um, but yeah, really big game uh, this weekend, so we'll be uh, right across that. Um, let's turn our attention to the, the domestic situation. Um, uh, I think the rain is due to stop uh, in a couple of days. I was about to say the domestic situation is rain, rain and more rain, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, I think the only thing we've we've had beyond that is was a few FA Cup games with the Corbett Field beating the weather as well and uh, three relatively one-sided uh, games in the uh, in the first round of the FA Cup. So there's still a couple more games to go. The All-Prio uh, St Martin's Bells game didn't go ahead. So that's another one needs to be rearranged. Uh, we are supposed to be looking forward to the Stranger Cup at this time, but uh, we've got a, a week worth of Prio action haven't we in the meantime now um, uh, before that that gets underway with the hope of getting a few games in we've got three games on Saturday Rangers Sylvans Saints Alderney and Rovers North two of those games are definitely on because they're going to be played at the 3G um, and uh, I cannot see Rangers Sylvans being on but frankly neither of those teams need a game because they've played they both played I think double the amount of games that Bells have played so um, uh, you know they are not priorities in terms of getting the fixture list up to date so ordinary St Martins could be interesting but obviously the, the one that will really um, uh, interest uh, will be going on at 4.30 on the 3G which is uh, North against Rovers um, Rovers obviously will want the win to keep the pressure up on Vale Rec uh, North will perhaps want to Won the win to get their season back on track. So, and the you know, the games between those two are always very close. So, uh, I think that will be quite one to, to look forward to. And you know, those Saturdays, the back-to-back Saturdays on the three G are always quite good for a crowd, particularly when uh, you know where there's no other games on, and maybe some people will go from GFC down to um, down to the KG for for that game at four thirty. Yeah, I'm sure. And as you say, the Stranger Cup coming up, but that's not on the KG this year. 
No, uh, the club's made a decision a few, only a few weeks ago, to take those games off the uh, off the KG Five and uh, to return them to home pitches. Uh, I think the GFA under 18s are playing all their games on the 3G, but uh, at the moment that's not looking to be the wisest of moves, I would say, because if the stranger doesn't get played in January, when the hell is it going to get played? You know. Yeah, well, a bit of high pressure on the way, um, some cooler, dry weather. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed, um, yeah, we get back to, to a full card of domestic action. The thing is, I could see why clubs, I, I frankly, start to get a little bit tired about playing at, at, at the KG5 on the 3G because of the size of the pitch. You know, and we're all used to it nowadays. Uh, and you, you get the same kind of game almost every time, you know, uh, a... Uh, error-strewn, panicky first 15 minutes as, it, <laughs> as, as everything just, you know, there's a big one big scrap in midfield and then the game tends to break out. But any team that's keen on playing like long diagonals, if there's a wind as well, you know, the, just the ball gets carried away. And, and you know, the games don't really turn anybody on. And of course, there's a slight basketball nature to it as well. You know, in the, you tend to get, you know, goals at both ends in, in a game at the 3G. So... Uh, I will be interested in a couple of years' time to see if the games are going to get played at Footslay, uh, sorry, at um, Victoria Avenue uh, on the 3G there, and just see how that uh, how Prio football responds to playing on on 3G. I've not seen any GFC games on 3G, so it's hard to know what uh, you know standard of, of, of football can be like uh, on, on 3G regularly. But it'll be interesting to see if a big if a bigger 3G pitch is more to everybody's taste. Yeah, mixed bag, I guess, because I think GFC's last two away games, right? Well, the Binford one, the pitch looked horrendous. Yeah, uh, um, the South Park was on 3G. Yeah, GFC do actually play quite a lot on 3G when they when they travel away, so it's not going to be a particularly new experience for them. Um, in terms of size of the pitch and quality of football, I think sort of one probably brings the other. The bigger the pitch you can get with, with a 3G, the, the better the football you're going to going to see. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of the Stranger Cup not being on the 3G, I think you're right, Jim. I think they're going to pay the price for that because they're not going to be playing on grass very much over the next coming weeks. I mean, even if you have a dry period now for, for a couple of weeks without any rain, which is very unlikely, the pitches need time to dry out. I mean, they're absolutely drenched at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, but we're fingers crossed that we get some football on somewhere because we need it to fill our pages. Oh, right, yeah, we need something to chat about. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think we'll leave it there. A uh, bit of a, well, I say bonus pod, um, early or late pod, whichever way you look at it. Uh, but we'll be back next week and every week uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, talking to lots of people in, in Guernsey football, some interesting um, things going on behind the scenes to catch up on. Uh, we'll hopefully get around the clubs as well um, to chat to lots of players. Um, so stick with us here. Uh, if you're not already, do um, follow or subscribe. Um, to the Guernsey Press Sport podcast feed wherever you get your shows um, to get every episode delivered to you and of course um, the best way to support um, what we do here at the Guernsey Press is to pick up a copy of the paper six days a week Um, so do that for the very best local sports coverage Uh, thanks again to you guys thanks to Rehoy we'll see you soon cheers cheers